Welcome to Back to Devi. I'm Mike, and today we have a very special guest, Austin. Austin, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back. You, I obviously didn't uh, scare you too bad the first time here. Right. Yeah, and I gave you the intro that Felix absolutely hates, so I hope he catches that too. It's it's National Mispronounced Your Name Day. He will not be joining us. He'll be talking about Will Levi and other guys he can't pronounce at home. But it's Hump Day, and on today. I'm bringing on Austin. I want to talk about something that's a little thought-provoking for me because I do consider Austin to be one of the sharper and more open Debbie minds out there, and I really learned something. I really do. It's the truth. So we're going to get into a lot of names today. We're going to talk about players like Puka Nakua, Connor Wegman, Jalen Hyatt, Dejon Edwards, Camden Brown, and J. Michael Stewart event. And I'm just going to pick his brain about some questions that I'm always thinking about when it comes to the Debbie world. So let's get into our first name here. Let's talk about Puka Nakua. Austin, Mike, remember... real quick, before you before you start on Puka, I feel like the list of names you just read off is the equivalent of inviting that kid over to your house when you're younger to play video games and you give them the controller that like the A and the B button don't work. Like yeah. Puka, uh, Dijon Edwards, like all these guys that are like very, very fringy. Um, not that I uh, am disappointed to talk about them, but uh, killing me a little bit here at the names, Mike. Yeah, I mean, we're grasping at straws. We got the top group kind of solidified. I don't want to keep talking about Bijan every week or JSN for Ute and all the other stuff. So I'm kind of getting some fringe guys here. Who are some guys that we can possibly see in like the back of day two, you know? So yeah, I'm out here grasping at straws, which is what it is. I'm out here seeing maybe, maybe who you think about some guys. And I'm like, so. And, and Puka man, he's, uh, to me, I think he's gadgety. He's athletic now. I don't think he's a, diverse route runner he's definitely not a deception type of guy and i'm sitting here kind of watching myself could this guy be like a zone eater at the next level i don't think he's going to be a man-to-man technician but is this guy that could be a reliable two or three in an nfl offense and and, and when a guy goes down like when keenan allen who's 31 years old and he goes down can he step up you know something like that so what are your thoughts about puka nakua he strikes me as a guy that would be like if you're an NFL team, you're probably not doing so hot if he's more than your wide receiver four, maybe your wide receiver three, depending on how good your top two guys are and what you have at their skill positions. For a lot of the reasons you kind of mentioned there, you know, he's he he is kind of gadgety. Like he almost feels like a poor man's um, like Emir Smith, or you know, like kind of in that range of player. Like I was going to some returning. To, uh, so I was going to comment to like Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, a little bit less okay. than that. That that feels like maybe you know uh, uh, what he kind of what you would be like hopeful that he hits like oh man okay. like he he, he <laughs> Puka did that that's you know that that's about the maximum for him I mean he's he's an older guy now he's been around a long time I think the thing a couple of things about him like I think he's a boundary guy but I don't think he can play X I think you have to be a flanker so I think that's situational you know depending on landing spot there and I think he at this stage is not a very refined route runner. Like we're talking, you know, rounding himself off at the top of routes. He's, you know, there's not a lot of deception uh, within his route stems. He doesn't necessarily always stack defenders deep well, even though he's a pretty good athlete. Like there's just a lot of things, like little things that he does not do very well right now. But I do think he's athletic enough and has like he has good hands. Like he has a lot of things that um, you that can help him stick on a roster. I wonder how good of a special teams guy he is, because I think that could help him stick early while he kind of figures out some of these other things 
Now, I want to just go back a little bit. You said he's going to be a flanker, not a true X. Can you just tell me what you think is just your general definition of a flanker and what if you think is a true X player? Yeah, so for an X, you know, I'm thinking, you know, general, you know, XYZ wide receivers. X is the guy that is on uh, the boundary. He's usually right up on the line of scrimmage. So those are the guys that see a lot of press coverage. Think like Julio Jones. Um, um, I'm trying to think of some of Des Bryant, like all those guys that can play on the boundary that, you know, they – they, they can they can play against that coverage um, uh, and have the skill set to do that both athletically and technically. You've got your wide receiver, which is usually the slot guy. You know, everyone kind of knows that. I mean, there's kind of two kinds: your small shifty and then you know, your your bigger bully slot. And I think there's Puka, who's more of a Z, which is the guy that's also on the boundary. He is off the line of scrimmage, so that means that that press coverage is not necessarily as effective. You're going to see a lot more off coverage. You don't need to be as technical to be able to beat uh, your man at the line of scrimmage. Um, and it will cover up some deficiencies in route running, maybe athleticism, like some of those things. So I think that's where he profiles kind of that last spot and not as an X guy. Yeah, no, Z, I got you. So I was thinking of like a Z receiver, like something like Cooper Cup does. I don't really consider Cooper Cup like a technician, but I mean, that guy kills it for fantasy. So who cares, you know? Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. does. So I, I'm with you there. And by the way, I, I, I didn't mention this. This is a Puka Nakua BYU wide receiver. Didn't say that earlier, BYU receiver. He's six foot two, two hundred five. I think he's a fourth year player, possibly a fifth, but definitely not in the early declare range. So, yeah, he's been around for a while. I mean, this isn't his first school. Um, he transferred over uh, two off seasons ago. So yeah, from Washington. Um, yes, yeah. So he he's been around for a while, but I mean, he was a, a highly rated recruit coming out. People really liked him. He was kind of a sneaky name. I can remember. Uh, when he was a freshman, just because of his athletic profile. Um, so, I mean, those kind of things. I mean, he, he's a good athlete. He, he is a really, really good athlete, almost deceptively so. Like, he doesn't look like he's kind of a strider. Like, he doesn't really look like he's he's a crazy athlete. But he is he's pretty dynamic. Do you think he's a day three guy? Or not day three, sorry. Day two, maybe early day three. Because I to me, I think he's going to kill the combine. He's going to have enough production. And maybe goes to the senior bowl and like one or two teams falls on with his skill set and they take him late day three. Kind of like how Danny Gray snuck in there. You know, I'm not a big Danny Gray fan myself personally, but he he snuck in there somehow. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be like Puka Nakua's rally. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Am I just wishful thinking there? Do you think? I think he's a Shrine Bowl guy. I don't know that he'll be a senior bowl guy. And those Shrine Bowl guys still make it to the NFL. I mean, all those guys probably get drafted, but I think that leaves him as more of a day three project type player. Um, I just, It's not a, an amazing wide receiver class. I just don't think that at this stage he's skilled enough that NFL teams are going to kind of want him on that short list, which is kind of how a lot of those guys end up making it. You know, they, they have their own scouting process, but they also have a lot of input from NFL teams. You know, who do you want to see in this kind of environment? I'm not sure that Puka is necessarily going to be at the top of teams list, but the second tier uh, uh, senior type bowl game is still um, uh, pretty solid for him. Yeah. I actually was going to originally, originally this show was planned out to be a, let's go over the senior bowl list and see who we like and stuff like that. Cause I haven't looked them up, looked them up this weekend. That senior bowl list has like 50 names for wide receivers and like another 50 for running back. It's like, it's like the preseason uh, blitz, blitz call, like blitz cough. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> oh my words. It's like the preseason awards list when there's like just every single player in the in like the NCAA is like on that list. They they like to cast a big net, and I I guess it's because they have a lot more to talk about during the season. Like the oh, this is you know Shrine 500 guy or whatever, but or uh, the Senior Bowl 500 guy. But I think it also kind of puts those guys on notice. Like hey, uh, 
don't get too cozy with the Shrine Bowl guys because we might want you. Because th those bowls are competing against each other. People don't necessarily realize that. And a lot of the leadership at them do not like each other. So, wow. um, like, the, and it kind of makes sense. Like, the Shrine Bowl guys want to end up being, like, the, you know, the preeminent the place where seniors go after, you know, to, to kind of showcase between, you know, during the, the draft process. Um, so, right. it, there's definitely some back and forth there. Yeah, the same way that Canvas Can is going to overtake 24-7, right? That's Someday, you know, ho ho hostile or otherwise. Yeah, we're, we're coming for him. The Shrine Bowl actually followed me t uh, yesterday, by the way, so I felt pretty oh, good about that. It's pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah. Who, who, you know. Do, you know, do you know who you were talking about that uh, piqued their attention, their interest? Well, I tweeted about Tyson Jordan, who we're talking about today, Elijah Spencer, and, like, no, I really don't, straight up, because I didn't talk about Spencer Seniors last, like, three four days, so I was like, I don't know. Beats me. But yeah, so that was cool. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I was pretty excited. All right. So you're out on Puka Nakua. I think he'd be like a late day three guy and test well athletically. Um, I mean, he, he's nice in like if, if you're playing a campus to Canton League because like a lot of those guys kind of just slide into your taxi and then, you know, right. a year and Sit a half down the line when someone gets a starting job, you're like, oh, I, I have that guy. <laughs> um, like Ronnie Rivers is a guy like that that everyone was kind of clamoring. Like, oh, crap, actually, someone actually has Ronnie Rivers. So I I think he ends up in, in, then in a Debbie league, like unless it's a very, very deep Debbie league. I don't think I'm, I'm, I I would have taken that plunge. Yes, the only true gem, too, to come out of the Shrine Bowl that I could think of is, is Kenny Galladay. Honestly, that's like the true gem that came out of there. And then uh, the big gem coming out of the Senior Bowl so far, I would say it's Terry McLaurin. I would say that for wide receivers. That's the two they, biggest success stories on both sides. They've had a couple guys. I, th I think Keenan Allen was a senior bowl guy. Um, really? I think so. No, they, he was an early declare. So he, he wasn't, wasn't early declare. Yeah. I'm trying to think. They, they've definitely had some guys there over the years at wide receiver. Um, I mean, they definitely, I think they're definitely the upper tier. I would say they had to, to step up and they definitely get some guys some money like Josh Palmer. Uh, but as far as like huge success stories, I feel like I feel like Terry McLaurin would be the number one, at least in recent memory, and then Kenny Galladay also in recent memory. Well, lucky for you, the Senior Bowl has a Hall of Fame that you can go right. look through. If are you, you really, are you really right now? This Tory Holt, there's a guy. Terrell Owens. Uh, I didn't know they were around that long. Honestly, I really didn't. I, I thought it was like. Yeah, I think like 88 or something was the first year or something like that. Or, uh, it kind of it, it had its ebbs and flows. They're, they're rebuilding it right now. If you told me to guess, I would have said 2010. I really would have. Yeah, it definitely fell on some hard times there for a few years. But I mean, the, the who's who of players that have gone is pretty, pretty dang impressive. Interesting. All right, let's go on to our next name then. Uh, let's talk about the freshman quarterback here, Connor Wegman who was kind of outside, I would say, everyone's top four for Campus Akin coming in. He looks yeah, good. He, he was our number five or number six in the guide. And I think okay. that was about where almost everybody had him in a similar tier um, with like Ty Simpson, uh, Kate Klubnick from well, most of us, um, uh, uh, maybe one or two other guys in there. So I'm, I always tell, must tell everyone I'm not a true quarterback scout. I mean, I really don't. Just talk to me about Connor Wegman. What do you what do you like about him? I mean, what was your impressions, your reactions to his just week one, not week one, but his first starting performance here? Yeah, so I want. I mean, it's really really difficult to project these freshman quarter, or, you know, high school quarterbacks because you're basically sending them through two, 
like gauntlets, you know, the, the into getting adjusted to college and then getting adjusted to the NFL, if they even make it that far. So uh, I pulled up my notes here just to kind of remind myself what I thought of Wegman uh, after his performance and to whether I'm going to be buying him places or not. And I think I, uh, I basically it boils down to this. I had him as a very, like a floor and a ceiling guy. Like he's, he was very smart player in, in high school. You didn't see him make a lot of mistakes um, a solid decision maker, um, technically very, very sound, you know, it throw very clean throw, throwing motion, uh, footwork, pretty solid, uh, compact, um, really a good arm strength. Like he had all these different things that I think make a pretty good quarterback for me, what made him, like, I thought he was pretty ready today or, you know, whenever he came out, I thought he was ready. Um, but I do think there was a lot of development to be done with him. He, these guys that have clearly had a lot of coaching throughout their lives kind of scare me a little bit because it's for a lot of them, it's, they're not necessarily relying on natural instinct. They're relying on what the coaching that's been given to them says to do. And when they start getting put in situations that are unfamiliar or just cannot be coached, that's when you start running into some problems. That's why a lot of the great quarterback prospects nowadays are kind of these elite problem solvers like think of caleb williams think of bryce young we're, we're souring on cj stroud because he's the exact opposite um like it's it's a skill that that is inherent in a lot of these guys you can't really teach it and i wondered through that process how much of that connor wegman has and i don't know that we had it answered for us we'll need a bunch more games to figure that out but it was a very very good like you know, his technical proficiency, the touch that he put on throws, like all of that was on display. And that's never been a doubt for me personally. Yeah, I mean, obviously when a fresher comes out, I guess his kind of performance here, it's it's really encouraging. So I have nothing really about it besides that he's a part of Jimbo Fisher and he's going to be his bailout, probably his card for like, oh, well, you know, we got kind of Wegman now all of a sudden, like he looks good, you know, so I hate that. But does he breach like the tier of like Devin Brown, Kate Kalanick, Drew Aller, Like, is he? Would he be considered your your QB five going to next year? QB four or higher? QB five or higher? Oh, he'll definitely be QB five because I know he was my six, and I had Nick Evers the spot right above him. So that's not happening anymore. Um, six Oklahoma eight. Oklahoma quarterback for anybody that doesn't know, uh, he is not going to get that job. Um, so he'll have bumped at least a spot for me. I I mean, I think that he, like you said, I think White, or, uh, Jimbo's going to go with him now. I think the decision has been made. It's the best this offense has looked all year. Um, So, and I like I, I think he's a buy. Like, I don't know what his stock's at. I mean, I know he's a five-star quarterback. Like, he's still going to be expensive. But I think, like, Drew Aller is more expensive than he is. And I would still rather have Drew Aller, but not buy a ton over Wegman. I don't know. Devin Brown might not even get the Ohio State job next year. Like I oh, think the... if I'm playing the safety game, I might lean I will trade you Devin Brown for Connor Wegman and a little extra to see if somebody would do that. Like some like kind of those kinds of deals because I like that he's gonna have this job wrapped up and it's his and he's gonna have weapons there. I mean the offense, the the play calling's bad, tough schedule, but um, I mean, he's, he looked pretty good this past week and he'll, he'll, he'll go out this week and throw a stinker and it won't impact my opinion on him yet. Would you trade next year's first form? Like just first round? So that's a fun question. Cause I actually have a league right now where I have an offer out of my first next year 
and a little sweetener for him. Um, if it's an early first, I don't know. Cause I still think like, I still think Malachi Nelson's a better prospect than he is. I still probably would prefer Arch Manning over him. I'd probably prefer Dante Moore. And then you can look at the rest of the skill positions and kind of mix and match and figure out in your head. If you'd rather have those guys, I mean, the, I, maybe I'd rather have Cedric Baxter. I don't know. But I, I would rather have him over receivers just for the simple fact that he's a quarterback and they're a receiver. So I think you kind of got to kind of figure out where your first sits and and debate on it from there. I would be tempted. I'd be tempted. I I don't mind kick. You know, just you know, moving. I mean, the first essentially you're just moving it forward a year, which is pretty nice in a Devi league. Like you, that guy's one year closer to the league. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like him a lot too. I originally had Brady Allen as my QB five in the class, oh. and I think. I'll have to move him down just because, I mean, it's a prominent SEC uh, team. He looked good. His first showing, like, yeah, it could just be one good game. We just saw DJ Allen pretty much honeypot us there with two good games that, that one year. And now he just, you know, he's just who he is today. So, uh, but I, I think going into this season, I'm going to have to move up Connor. Wegman. I already did because I did my rankings last night. I'll have to move up Connor Wegman in front of Brady Allen. And that'll be all right. I'll be okay so, with that. So here's a question for you. We don't, without having any sort of inclination as to whether DJU returns next year or not, would you rather have Connor Wegman or Kate Klubnick today? Connor, I had to say Connor Wegman. Man, I haven't seen Kate much so far, you know, which is fine because that's okay. Take the guy that flashed a little bit rather than the guy that hasn't flashed yet not that we i think he's gonna fail but i i feel that one guy's gonna be more successful than the other i agree with you and i had them in the same tier so i don't think that's you know shifting those guys within tiers like that doesn't bother me yeah i, I think getting to see four or five games out of connor wegman here is, is is worth something pretty decent unless he's just awful um but i think we're already past that barrier like he he looked fine last week even if he looks the exact same the next four weeks there's no improvement whatsoever um, I, yeah, I think I'd rather have him over Kate because I don't, I don't have a strong feeling as to whether DJ comes back next year or not. But if he does, I mean, what do they do? I don't think they would give the job to Club Nick over him next year. I mean, I'd hope so. I hope it would. Be, I hope it's not a like Sean Clifford situation here, where it's like loyalty to the guy beforehand, but the guy beforehand can't execute the book. You know, they simplify and dumb stuff down, keep it close to the line. I, I hope that that there would be some sort of transition year two where they'd be like, all right, well, Katie Club up the playbook more. Let's go with him. Or maybe they lose some big game early on and they're not on that playoff run. So I think if he does come back, I think I'd be more on, I believe that, I believe that he would pull DJU out. And I would think so at some point in time, because I think he would just wake up and realize DJU can't, can't do it. He just can't do it all. I mean, and up until Syracuse, though, he wasn't costing them games, which was kind of the opposite of last year where he was costing them or, you know, getting close to it pretty much every week. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I, 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 but I think if he, without having a lean one way or the other, I would take Wake whenever club, club Nick today. Nice. Nice. Interesting. I like that. I like that. To another heavily debated name. Let's talk about Jay. I actually watched. I watched a lot. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee wide receiver. He's six foot one, one eighty. I think he's more like six foot one, one eighty, flat one eighty. But he's in that range. Uh, he's a. I watched so much of him, and it just looked like busted coverage every single time. Here, it's been like four games of this, three or three weeks of this. Sorry, 
And it's like, how are people not dedicating a safety over top? Now, here's here's my question to you, because I, I don't like uh, role players in XL. I like the more versatile assets that can play that are, that are multi-level threats. You know, they're threats of the intermediate short and like, you know, guys that have a little bit more versatile asset for skill levels. He seems to be a field stretcher. And I do say that I only care about role players if they are elite at their role. And so I'm asking you, do you think Jalen Hyatt is a NFL he goes to the NFL and he's an instant top level field stretcher. Uh, it's a really good question. And I, my answer is maybe, which is not a good answer. <laughs> but I promise it's not a hedge either. And I think the reason that I'm saying that is because he has, he's very much a product of the system right now. Like, like yes. you just said, like yes. pretty much every time he scores right now, it's just a total busted coverage. Basically, what they're doing for anybody that's not familiar with this system there at Tennessee that what Josh Heupel runs is basically they run these wide receivers as wide as possible, which you cannot do in the NFL. And then they stack them. And basically the guy in the back is, you know, runs like some sort of, you know, delayed, um, delayed routes. Basically the space in front of him is cleared out by the, the guy on the line of scrimmage. And then it kind of opens you up like to, it keeps a defender off of you. It opens you up, uh, allows you to run a little more after the catch. Uh, does a lot of different things like that, which very much plays into what Jalen Hyatt's strengths are. So he's getting schemed open. But at the same time, I think you can see the tools there. You can see that he's really fast. Like I don't everyone's saying he's gonna run a sub four three. I don't think he's going to do that, but I think he will run four threes. He he is very, very fast. He's got solid size. Like he's no smaller than Devonta Smith. Um and I like no issues with his hands. Um, so like you can see a lot of these tools that I think the NFL will really, really like. I'm not sure that like there's a chance that he goes like top 40. I think that's a stretch. But I do think if he like I think early round three would be a great spot for him. And I think he could develop into a good NFL wide receiver. Yeah, if he keeps up this pace, I probably can give him an, like a round two grade. But I I Compared to the field structure, it's like, all right, so every guy that runs the fastest 40, he pretty much secured himself the bag for the NFL. They always take the fastest guy. Uh, Taekwon Thornton last year, who I never really thought was an elite field stretcher, so I really was like, that's a waste to pick at the second round. And then I think the year before that for me was like Anthony Schwartz. I, I definitely consider having a better skill set and better tools than both those both those guys fantasy-wise uh, or NFL-wise, whatever, just better tools to be successful next level. And you know, like the analytics people are going to come out and be like, "Well, he hits all these, all these numbers, all these metrics, you know." And they're going to throw it in your face, and you're going to be like, well, "Why don't you turn on the TV and see how I guess these numbers?" You know. But it's it's um, I'm caught in the middle here. I really don't know what to do because I know he's going to be an analytical darling, and I and I think I'm not. I'm one game away. I'm him blowing out Georgia from being like this guy is a top level field stretcher, and I got to put him in my top ten wide receivers, probably around like the six, seven, eight area. Uh, so he, he and it's really funny that he and Cedric Tillman are so opposite. Whereas I think the numbers folks will love Jalen Hyatt, the tape, maybe not so much. And I think it's going to be the opposite for his teammate Tillman. But I do think, you know, I look at, I tend to look at analytical profiles a little differently for wide receivers. Basically the two things that I look for, and it's just like check a box is, are they year one zero and Hyatt is not, he, he uh, crossed several thresholds his first year. And then do they have that big 30% plus year? in terms of market share within their own team. And he's going to have that this year, regardless of whether he's being schemed open or not, he's going to check both of those boxes. So like, I, I don't, I don't love him. And I think 
he is a slot only guy for it. Like I think uh, Tyquan Thornton played a ton of boundary and he was actually a very good contested catch guy. I think that separates him a lot from a guy like Jalen Hyatt. Um, so can he, like, is he a slot only guy? Does the NFL team think they can play him? Like we talked about earlier, like maybe as a Z, like not an X, but you know, off the line of scrimmage, kind of what he's doing now, but like also not really. Um, there's a lot of projection with him. Senior bowl will be, well, he won't, he won't go to the senior bowl this year. So it'll be interesting. if he goes back, senior bowl would be big for him. Um, but combine and, and all these other things will be nice for him through the process. Yeah. So, all right. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee wide receiver. I'm, yeah. Man, he just gets me so frustrated. I don't know. So let's, let's go on to our next guy here. Let's go into uh, Dejon Edwards. He's filling in for Kendall Milton. He's been he's hurt, groin injury. Uh, seems to take over. Seems to be carving for himself to be the lead back there with with uh, Kenny McIntosh spelling him. And then once they're up ahead enough, they let Branson Robin get some touches going on there. But Dejon Edwards is a guy who really isn't isn't talked about in the Debbie aspect. So that's what I'm going to ask you here. He's five foot ten, two hundred one. So on the lighter side, but I mean not by much. But he looks. He looks fairly good as a bruiser. I mean, he definitely came in and looked better than Kenny McIntosh does going down the middle. So is Dejon Edwards a guy that should be stashed on rosters? Like if you have that one way wire pickup and the season here for Cam Scanley, are you promoting like, hey, you need to stash this guy? No. <laughs> I think he plays a very specific role there. He is kind of a smaller compact guy. He looked good this weekend. Um, I, I did think against Florida there. Um, but I don't know that he's shown himself to be a good enough receiver to fill that role for an NFL team at this stage. And I don't know that he's big enough that an NFL team is going to take him as a bell cow. I do think the Georgia helmet probably gets him drafted round five. Seems like maybe his range round five, round six. I, I would be lying if I said I've sat down and, and really, really watched Dejon Edwards in depth. And I did like him more than Kenny McIntosh when the two of them came into school but McIntosh has really kind of shown that he's got that elite uh, receiving skill and he's now gotten a lot bigger and he has NFL size. I'm just not sure Edwards ever checks either of those boxes, which will really, really, I think hurt him in the long run for us. He's definitely very much a question mark. I don't know. I mean, in a Debbie league, I don't think I'm touching him. I just think there's a lot of risk unless it's just like, you know, one of those hundred round Debbie leagues or whatever, where, you know, you're, you're drafting a ridiculous amount of guys. Right. No, I'm with you there. I think maybe he might have earned himself a ticket to a, a decent transfer, you know, like again, everyone's healthy next year. Why, why do you leave Georgia, though, if you're a running back? Like, unless you just are set on being a bell cow somewhere for a year. I don't like Georgia's the promised land. It's like the oasis in the middle of the desert and you're like trying to leave it. Like, I don't I don't. Yeah, know but you got to be honest with yourself. Get on the field that much. And I would like to just have one big season and rock it out for a year, you know, and go to i don't know kentucky we need to run back next year that's for sure like like that that's kind of a better program yeah i, I don't see him doing that but uh <laughs> it's it those guys just don't ever leave those programs like look at even the bama back. like bama's the same way but and you re- never really ever see guys leave there um like um uh, what jerome ford did it and he was the one guy in that backfield out of all those guys that ended up leaving and then kamar wheaton just did it and he went well, to like that not a lot of those guys leave yeah, I mean, Kamara Whedon left, but I'm not really sure he left, like, on his own. You know what I'm saying? I think I there got pushed a, out of there a little. There are a lot of rumors about Kamara Wheaton and a lot of rumors that have been around for a long time about Kamara Wheaton. Um, 
but uh, not that he's a bad dude. He just, you know, is football high on his list of priorities. I'm not exactly sure. Right, right. All right, so Dejan Edwards, putting it to the side, Georgia running back might get drafted. Not a big fan of the skill set. Not a big fan of the size, but he's just he's just a nice fill-in. Uh, now, let's he, get into two be, guys. He'll be, a, he'll be a nice foil next year to, to some of the guys they'll have on that team because they don't really have – like, if, assuming McIntosh leaves, it'll be Branson Robinson, Andrew Paul, him, and then um, uh, uh, they have one or two freshmen coming in. Uh, um, um, uh, Roderick, Roderick Robinson. Robinson. Um, yeah. like none of those guys profile similar to him at all. So he'll have a role next year. It actually might be better for him to stay and try to take on that Macintosh role. I don't know. I, I cannot sell Roger Robertson the program, by the way. I've been offering him to everybody. Not that I don't like him as a profile. I just, I'm trying to diversify because I have Branson in that league. Like I'm just trying, <laughs> it, no one, no been, one wants him. It's been interesting. The recruiting team at C2C here debating what to do with Robinson over the past couple of weeks. Cause we, liked the player but we loved the landing spot and it's like one of those well what do you do with the player when you don't love the player and now you are you know at best like okay with the landing spot because he's not going to play for a year or two right even if he's awesome he's probably not going to play for a year or two there really so he he's an interesting case one of those those odd players that you know what he's probably going to get overdrafted he's he's probably the kind of guy where you let him get overdrafted next year and then you trade for him after somebody gets tired of holding him that seems to be he's he'll be he'll fall into that bucket. Gotcha. So okay, so let's go into two names here. I'm pretty excited about these are giving me two true freshmen. First one here, we're gonna talk about the Colorado, Colorado State, as in the Power Fire program. Not Colorado State. Oh, I messed that up. University of Colorado, the Buffaloes, the Pac-12, okay, G5. True freshman wide receiver Jordan Tyson. I mentioned him in the Debbie chat. I think it was like week one for against TCU because he was two for 26 in the touchdown. Something like that. And I was like, dude, who is this guy? This guy's on the field early, like week one. And he's like obviously a part of the game plan. He just had a career day of like 150 yards receiving. I think it was five catches for 11 targets. And he returned a punt for a touchdown here. Go, looking at the year one tracker, well, and all that stuff, he he hits six of eight already. So he's already six of eight. The only thing he's missing is the rushing. And he's actually getting rushing attempts too. He's only two attempts away and he's 19 yards away. So he's got negative four yards, but he's he's not 19 yards until he hits that one. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, was, I was like, is the threshold 25? I forget what it is, 15. Yeah, that's it's 15. That's fine. Yeah. So he's he's uh, he's getting out there, man. He's getting, getting looks. He's, um, I mean, I watched his tape. He's skinny. 180. That's what they have listed on the school website now as a recruit. I think he was listed at six foot 170. So again, somewhere in that range between six foot and six foot two. Um, but he's he. I don't, I'm gonna say this. He looks like a discount Barry Brown. You got like a discount Barry Brown out there. So I, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on uh, Jordan Tyson and if he's a Debbie asset. I don't know. Is a really bad answer. <laughs> He's playing at Colorado. I think that really hurts him. Uh, I also like once you get to college, you get to make your own, you know, name for yourself. But his offer list is garbage. He was not highly thought of coming out of high school, and I don't know how good of an athlete he is. The guys in our recruiting channel were saying this week basically like they liked him, but like on that punt return, I forget who's chasing him down, but it like. It's not a it's not a DB or a wide receiver. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't he's separate. getting gained on. 
Um, yeah. So I, uh, I, I think that will be very like a, a, a really a limiting factor for him. I don't know and like what he ends up being. Like if he was a little bigger, you could say maybe you know you can give him like the Lavisca treatment and put him in the slot and just try to get him as like yak. Like I, I don't know what his role is going to be, but I haven't like sat down and watched watched him this year, so I'm interested. I mean, what do you think he could do? Like, what do you think's a, a, his role as of today? No, I'm. <laughs> Because you said, you, said I, you opened I, the show by saying that you only want alphas or guys that are elite role players. Do you think he fits yes. into either of those categories? No. No. He's more closer to Puka Nakula we talked about earlier where he's like, he's not a technician. He's He definitely doesn't handle physical like physicality well at the line. I don't think he has like a good release package. Uh, but when he gets loose, like he gets loose, he kind of, he does at times look like he glides, but he just seems to be trying to find himself as a receiver. I mean, I told him that he's a discount variant. Like, I think he... He's athletic enough to have a gadget role, but he's definitely not that level of athlete. He'll never have that type of ceiling that Barian has that we talk about. So it's, yeah. So I, I guess I'm still trying to figure it out, but the fact that he's a part of a power five program, he's I think number five or six in receiving right now for, for true freshmen. And of course that's like half of that came from this game of 155 yards, but seeing the versatile usage, I don't know. There's a lot of really positive indicators here. And I'm like trying to think about where do I want to take him in the supplemental draft next year. He's in the waiver wires for. So it's, I don't know what his upside is. He's on the radar. If I had to say right now in the class where I rank him, probably inside the top 20, the 15 to 20 area, which is like a good range. So I guess the question for him is, would you rather have a guy like Jordan Tyson who has a limited ceiling, but did something a freshman year over Andre Green Jr.? at UNC or um, I'm trying to think of some other guys that, you know, really just haven't done anything this year. Um, like would, would you CJ Williams, you would take him CJ. over both those guys. I would definitely take him over. Yeah, I would. I would, I would just the year one tracker. Cause I'm probably going for ceiling play here rather than wide receiver threes or fours the next level. So I, yeah, I think I would, which just kind of feels crazy to say saying that. Yeah, I would, I would take this guy over year one zero. Interesting. Okay. As far as I Debbie just, goes, Kansas I'm not Cannon, convinced. Maybe not. That's I'm not convinced he's a Debbie asset yet, which is what gives me pause right. to say I would do that. Um, well, so if he's not, then show, you know so. maybe Andre Green is the, his his third year in school finally figures it out and get, you know gives you 809 or something like that, and that might be more valuable than whatever the yeah. leading receiver at Colorado gives you, uh, even if they're a really good player. I mean, Chenault Chenault was basically like a god at Colorado. And for two of his three seasons, there was basically not startable on a week to week basis. He did get Debbie, you know, some Debbie draft capital um, and then has done virtually nothing. And that's like the gold standard at the school at Colorado. It's very tough to hit that level of value. So I it's it's um, like and is it is it the same I, program, by the way, as as when Schnell was there? Like this this program actually developed a NFL wide receiver. Well, new coaching staff. Um okay. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Colorado's been Colorado for the past 10 years, 15 years. Like, they they haven't been good in the, since the early 2000s or whatever. Yeah, I was just trying to see some silver lining if it was the same coaching staff so I can, like, hang my hat on that. Well, oh, they developed Chenault. Like, maybe this well, the other, guy the other can... thing about Chenault is he just hit. was kind of, you know, the, the ultimate athlete. And, again, I don't know that Tyson has that to fall back on that Chenault did. So, it's a, it's it's... It's the ultimate Debbie dilemma. 
like for some of these guys, you know, there's a little, there's a little flash as a freshman, you know, is he a good athlete? Is he had a good program, but, but he's flashing. I mean, it's, it's, um, I don't know that he, I don't have him in my rankings at all for the record. Um, but I also haven't really watched him a lot. So I, um, I, I still think I would take like an Andre green over him. I think I would just the, the, the athletic upside's a little too much. I have him rank. I just pulled him up. I have him at 61 overall and I'm going to see where I have him in the class. Cause I think, let me see. Pretty sure I moved Andre Green way down because he just looks to be locked into be a zero. Yeah, I moved Andre Green down to like seventy six. He looks like he's gonna be an absolute zero, and I put him in front of guys like Squirrel White, Curtis Deville, and Shaz Preston. I could probably move Squirrel White up, honestly, but that's where I got him in that range. So interesting. And 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 you brought up you brought up those bigger guys too, like like Andre Green. I actually have data that says these guys that are bigger as in six foot three plus and 200 pound plus guys, they do have a heightened success rate going into the NFL with their late, uh, their late breakouts. You know, like they're not, I'm trying, I'll find the data, but it's like guys, like guys that are six foot three, 200 plus that are like fifth, fourth years. And they get that second round draft capital. There always seems to be a few, you know, Michael Pittman was one. And sure. those guys, Cedric Tillman will be one. Those guys actually do have quite a big hit rate in the NFL as far as the late declares go. So they see some, the transition. Some of these big guys play multiple sports. Like I know Hakeem Williams, who's in the upcoming freshman class. He's older for like he has a lot of red flags on his profile. He's older. He's really, really raw. Like basically can't play wide receiver at all. But he's only been playing football for two years. And right. I think David was saying that he's found that that you know at this point it doesn't matter. Like that's good. Like that's the, he's right where he should be then. So maybe he doesn't do anything as a freshman at Florida State figures it out a second or third year there. And that probably is still a normal um, development track for a guy like him. So that's where, did, he, that's where he committed to with Florida state. He's committed to Florida state right now. Yep. I thought I was Texas A&M for some reason. Was that no, it? it came down to A&M Florida state pit. Okay. And maybe Florida Georgia, state. but I, I, Georgia was ruled out pretty early from what I had heard. Um, well, he'll have to he'll have to beat out Malik McLean, who I don't know how he's going to do that. So that's crazy. <laughs> that was one of the first discussions we ever had, and I just remember being like, "I think he's going to get recruited over." There was um, there was like a list of like six, seven guys I liked a lot. I'm like, week one, I'll find out how much I like them, and then like that whole list got obliterated. Like all of them just obliterated. That's the so. fun of Debbie. Yeah, yeah. Those guys that are fringe radar guys for me, I really am quick to hop off. I'm like, I'm in it for the whole off season. Looking for the good news, don't see enough. I'm still in it. And then week one, I'm like, he's trash. He sucks. Why did I ever like this guy? <laughs> Why is Michael fifth year Michael Pittman playing over him anyway? Yeah. Uh, so I actually wanted to pull up Jordan. I, I didn't even pull it up. I pulled up his school website. I wanted to pull up his recruit status just so people knew how deep he was. Through Tyson, he was wide receiver 141, 131. Yeah. So mid, super, super mid three-star, nationally ranked like 912. And like, yeah, his recruit offer sheet, Colorado, Colorado State, Carnet Ward, Campbell, New Mexico. Like it's. It's bad. Sam Houston. Yeah, it's um, it, it's not great. Um, but again, once those guys get into into college, you know, they're, 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 the recruiting list doesn't matter. I mean, Josh Allen wasn't recruited anywhere. Again, betting any way to do what Josh Allen did is bad process. But um, I mean, there's definitely guys that, that come from from nothing as recruits. Yes. Tyler Algier, your guy. Zero stuff. Hey, I'm, 
I'm hitting on that. That dude's killing it right now. I'm I'm selling him everywhere. You don't you don't keep those fifth round assets. Wow. Wow. You gotta rotate them. Tyler Algier's biggest fan is selling them. That's it's disgusting. true. It's true. I'm gonna feel doesn't take one of these 20 running backs coming in though. I'm I'm gonna feel kind of stupid then. But it's a big class, so you gotta start whatever. You gotta start rotating those running backs through. Let's talk about the next guy here. Let's talk about uh Camden Brown. He's a guy that actually I was in uh six foot three, two hundred. Uh I want to say he was a very late four-star or high three-star uh recruit 50-60 in that range. Uh he had great like hype coming into the season. So he was he got in there early to early uh early in rule, some good headlines. Uh and then come summer program, it took him until day two in the summer for them to move him up from third team to second team. And then while he was playing the second team, he got like play of the week twice and like player of the day twice for the whole summer program. So he was constantly getting uh, praised by the coaching staff. Got some playing time, like three for 28 and one. I want to say like week four. And then finally breaks out this past week, four for four for like 84 and one. So he is officially a non-zero. He, I tweeted out that I think he's going to be the future wide receiver one here for Auburn. Now, I don't know if that's saying much, you know, it's like, let's be real here, but uh Camden Brown, is he on your radar? What do you think about his future here? Talk about that yeah. profile. Yeah, well, he he decommitted from Pitt, so he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to go to Pitt. Um, you were definitely the one of us that was on him, um, and I I don't have that much to add other than what you said. He does kind of fall in that. You know, you you put some of his athletic comparisons here. He does fall in like that. Like he looks like he should be a Clemson wide receiver. You know, EJ Williams, Joe Ngata, uh, Frank Ladson. Like, that's definitely the type of player he is. Boundary guy, um, you know, a kind of straight line at this stage, springy um, uh, kind of guy. Those guys kind of are a, a dime a dozen. And then, you know, if they turn out to develop, then that's like, then that's when they're a monster. Um, so I guess the question is, is he going to develop? And I think Auburn, you got to feel a little better than you did yesterday with Brian Harson out the door there. We'll see what they bring in at head coach and, and, you know, all the, the supporting coaching staff as well. But um, the nice thing is they definitely don't have anybody coming in. <laughs> not going to, not going to recruit over them next year. So that uh, gives them another year, which is, is good. Yeah. It's just like uh Dequavia sorely coming in, right? Is that who it is? Yeah. And through 48 running or wide receivers that I've graded, sorry is my lowest rated one. <laughs> he's, he's, I think he's like, he's like bottom terrible. three for me as well. I, I looked up his history, by the way. He was like at one point in time, wide receiver seven in the class. So he's been falling every single month pretty much since like his sophomore year. Which, by the way, as somebody is, has pointed out, that is usually a very, very bad thing. If a player their last year just nosedives, that's usually a stay away. Yeah, he's I yeah. couldn't really point to a single thing that I thought he does that he would be able to do in college at a decent level. He's, he's a bad player. Right. So and you talked about, or we have been talking, here i used canvas can's new athletic comparison tool here because again it's a guy that struggled to project going forward like just like i am with puka nakua and uh jordan tyson earlier again these are fringe guys and i wanted to look up some like athletic to get some better idea of maybe players that they could develop into the next level it wasn't great you mentioned ej williams which was one of his athletic comps but like and, and like josh reynolds josh reynolds with the uh lions right now like that's that's his comps i'm kind of that makes sense so 
little worried about his ceiling because at first I was watching, I was like, maybe this guy's like a Seth Williams boundary guy, like I, which isn't, which you know, I wasn't a big Seth Williams fans coming in, and Seth Williams is not. I mean, he was kind of a fun name for some people in the off season, but like he really hasn't done anything. So I don't know. Again, Camden Brown, I have him really high. I looked at my rankings and um, Alfred, Alfred, can you pull up what rankings I have on him preseason? Twenty-five. That's right. I had him wide receiver twenty-five coming into the season, so that was pretty exciting. I had to use that job, man. We need to use that job for forever. People, <laughs> people. <laughs> Thanks, Albatron. Thank you. Uh, so, anyway, here's my preseason wide receiver twenty-five. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. That that's a pretty <laughs> solid ranking. I mean, I he's he's got the athletic tools, right? Like he he is a, an athletic guy. Um, I mean, yeah. I I think I mean he really could be a gem to me because I do think. Josh Reynolds is a fine like comp, but I think he can do a little more than Harrison's gone. Just like you said, they're bringing in a, a common coaching staff. Uh, they maybe get like a high end transfer quarterback or Robbie Ashford become something more than we think he is. He could be, I think he could be a gem. I really do. I think he can be going to the SEC program. I mean, this guy could become a gem. Now, I don't know I'm in my top 10, but like, again, this is some guy that I shot from deep on. And it looks like it's going to be a really fairly decent stash and a fun ride to watch him develop and see what he does. And again, you know, we're always looking for the best guy in the class. You know, you're not settling for Chase Brown if you can get Bijan Robinson. But at the same time, Josh Reynolds in a lot, you know, in a format where you have to guess what this guy's going to be four years before he touches an NFL field, Josh Reynolds is a great outcome. Like you're still pretty happy about that. It's way better than what it could it could be at the end of the day. So I, that still has value, and he's free right now free fitty i guarantee i don't think he's he's rostered in a single league that i'm in maybe maybe i don't we're not in any leagues together are we maybe uh no somewhere. no the program but we're not in the same division yeah um so i like i i bet he's a free agent every single one of my leagues um i want so. you to know too that that listener league that you had to take you had me take over a team mid-draft uh has no quarterbacks i started last week it has it is like 12 or 13 quarterbacks rostered but I couldn't start two quarterbacks last week. I think I only started like one. It was, it's really sad. It's kind of like, it's fun to rebuild. I'm not like upset about it, but this guy, this guy whiffed on his quarterback draft hard. Yeah. He didn't really know what he was doing. That's okay. That's what those beginner leagues are for. So, yeah, I just can't be able to look at that. Ross was like, man, I can't even start one. I used all my pickups early in the season too. Like it was, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun draft this coming up season. I'm really looking forward to it. So, Mike, as a new-ish C2Cer, I want to ask you real quick before we move on to the next player here. You you said you used all your pickups early in the season. Yes. Do you regret that? Do you think in the future you'll have to, like, force yourself to save one or two toward the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I recommend that. I. All right, so I'm in the program, which is a, a very prominent Camps Can League, probably the most famous camp to can, campus to can league out there. And I, I, I never played spreadsheets about this league, man. I made a lot of spreadsheets. I was like, here's my weaknesses. Week one, I know I got to pick up a top CFF asset for quarterback, and I know I got to like waste one on tight end. And then I got two cannot touch until like halfway through the season. Yeah, I really can, cannot. And it was like hard because like I want to put a pickup for like Ricky White. Remember Ricky White went off that week one with eight for like 182 and one. You know, so it was as far as the beginning of C to C year, it's like you gotta say one for these these late these late guys that take off. Everyone knows in Debbie, like Jordan Tyson, he's taking off right now all of a sudden. You know, Jalen Hyatt, he's taking off right now. Like he wasn't the first like five or six weeks. There's always guys that seem to pop up 
last two three weeks you look at who's leaving and you're like wow this guy's gonna step into so-and-so's role and just be like a hit so yeah I, I think it's a necessity like one pick maybe two once you get to like week nine week eight i i agree but i always have a hard time holding on to them um yeah just always that guy that i want and then in the program too, my my CFF guy I picked up week one was Todd Santeo from JMU, so that's worked out really well. And then I think I picked up, I don't know who else, but anyway. So let's go on to our last name here. Let's talk about J. Michael Sturdivant. Uh, he is a Cal wide receiver, second year, year one zero. Um, and I'm I'm struggling here with Cal wide receivers. I was a big fan of Jeremiah Hunter at the start of the year off. Uh, he's, he's kind of faded a little bit into the back. And I just find myself getting drawn to this Cal program. Uh, they they have Jaden Ott, who's been a surprise hit. These wide receivers are productive. Uh, quarterback transfer from Purdue, Will Plummer. Uh, he's not he's not a Debbie asset, but it just seems to me like a program that I'm onto. So I'm going to ask you: Is is Cal doing something different that are that they're now making a they're rebuilding? Like they're a better name for themselves. They they are a more fun program to pay attention to for Debbie. They always have a guy or two on their team. I feel like, you know, they, they've produced some players over the past 10, 15 years, Marshawn Lynch, um, um, Aaron Rodgers, um, and Keenan Allen. Like there's, there's a string of, of fairly decent players that have come out of there. I don't think they're doing anything different, but last year's class was really, really good. Sturdivant, they have a backup quarterback who I think is pretty good. Kai Milner, um, and, uh, Maven Anderson as well, who I actually thought was kind of like a Devin DuVernay kind of guy that could be pretty good in college, uh, really hasn't been. Um, but they've done a good job just recruiting athletes, which is what Sturdivant is. He's like six, three, 200. Um, like he, he has, he did track stuff in Texas at the highest level and was like, uh, I think he, he was like eighth in the 200 meter in the state. He was seventh in the long jump, um, ninth in the 100. So like he, he's a, uh, an athletic dude beyond just being like really big. Um, so I, I think he has a chance to make it to the NFL for sure. Do you think he has like a ceiling though? Like, do you think he's like, make it? Yeah. But like, do you think he's going to be a guy that you put in your lineup at any point in time? Too early to tell. No, Pro- probably not. But when you're starting to get down to the level, like the, the, uh, value that he's at like you said so he was a hot name last year when he came out he was a true freshman last season and then didn't do anything in drafts last year he was going fairly early this year you said he didn't even he's a free agent nearly like he didn't even get drafted so that's like the, the the level of value that he is at the moment so in terms of like guys that are free or were free entering the season yeah i think he's seen a really nice bump in value i think that athletic ability will will get him to the NFL. I think he'll be at the end of the day, he'll probably be a wide receiver four on somebody's team. You know, he'll be there, Ray, Ray McLeod or like whatever. Um, but that's, I, I think he will play in the NFL. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jim McGill's event, uh, four star wide receiver 24 for his class. Great size. I probably would have been all over that looking at his size and <laughs> his athletic ability. Probably would have been pretty excited about that. Uh, yeah. So he's been a year one zero and I, I actually really haven't studied it that much because it, I'm a Jeremiah Hunter fan, so watching him overtake him as far as production goes, I was kind of like, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be take locked, but I'm kind of stuck on like my guy. But uh, just seeing him as a year one zero, and sure, I, I like the size, but 
like I said, those guys could have some production for like four or five years, like Declare, and like see what they look like later on. I see there's comp here for 24-7. He's at Eric uh, Azucama. Am I saying that right? The NC State wide receiver they declared last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's who that's who they they comped him to. And that's probably about right. Samori Tor is a guy that I think they're really similar to as well. Like they're they do nothing special. You know, like they they exist and they're they're good at their role, but they're not they're they're just not top tier. They're not I mean they're not like yeah. They're not top athletes, so they don't really get success in like the big slot role or whatever. And they're not technicians, so they're you're not gonna find them running like routes on the outside. I bet he'll be a senior bull guy. And this is what you need to be careful with with some of these senior bull guys. If you follow Jim Nagy on Twitter, who runs the senior bull for anybody Dude, who's he, not familiar with the name, he, he loves will he will tweet stuff like there someone will post a clip of Samori Tori doing like a ladder drill or something, you know, quick feet. And he'll retweet it and be like, you know, NFL teams will love his his burst and athleticism. He could be a, a starter in the NFL. And it's like, no, he won't be. But you have to realize that Jim Nagy has a vested interest in these guys being really good in the NFL um, for his job's sake. So um, just be careful with that kind of stuff. That, I don't know what made, that, that just made me think of that as where you mentioned Samari Torix. I remember him doing it with him and Bellis Jones, maybe being like, no. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Bellis Jones, that. that like end zone drill, and he's just like elite route runner. And it's just like, dude, he's going to break his knees the way he's so old. I don't know. Yeah, Malik Willis. So, yeah, I mean they 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 blow all these guys up. In reality, like long shot. He's just surprising. I love that, but yeah. So all right, so I'm off on J. Michael Servian. So are you? I want to ask you some like thought provoking questions here. Now I've asked Felix on the after show this past week actually about this question, and I never really thought about it because I was asking him the question of. Hey, should I care about LSU uh, wide receivers going on in the future? Because now it's Brian Kelly's system. And Brian Kelly, to me, I think it's just going to be the death of every skill position group to move forward. And his response was pretty much like, well, he's bringing in these high-level four-star recruits. I don't think we can helmet scout and discount recruits coming in, which I thought was a really good answer to that question. Uh, but, you know, we're always naysaying like Jimbo Fisher's offense. You know, like we, we like Evan Stewart. We don't believe in them to develop two talents at the same time. So we're kind of like, you know, a little a little soured on recruits going to, Jim, to Jimbo Fisher. So my, my question here to you is just, is helmet scouting justified to a degree? I think there are multiple definitions for helmet scouting. And I think some of them are more okay than others. For instance, I think a lot of schools, if the coaching staff has been there for a long time, they look for similar things in their running backs they look for similar things in their wide receivers. So it's not necessarily lazy if the same coaching staff that has a 5'10", 190 running back who kind of makes it to the NFL has another 5'10", 190 running back that kind of makes it to the NFL. I think that in those senses, it makes sense because this coaching staff is looking for similar size, similar traits, similar athletic uh, markers, that that maybe make a player more intriguing to them and i also think a large portion of helmet scouting that is not really talked about is how how good of a talent evaluator are some of these coaches because i think that matters just as much as the development like i don't know that chip kelly is a great talent evaluator when it comes to quarterbacks as far as like is this a player that can actually be an nfl quarterback like i don't know that the way he evaluates the position 
and the things that he's looking for necessarily lend themselves to a guy that's going to be a successful NFL player at that position. And I kind of feel the same about wide receivers. If you looked at all their wide receivers at Notre Dame when he was there, they were all very, very similar type players. These lanky, tall, athletic, positionless type wide receivers is what he really, really liked there. We'll see what he ends up doing at LSU. I kind of like the class that they're bringing in. Um, so I don't, I, it's, I think that has to go into it as much as the development aspect of things. I think a lot of these coaches aren't like uh, Nick Saban didn't develop Will Anderson. <laughs> Will Anderson was Will Anderson before he got there. Um, Wake Forest developed Sam Hartman or, you know, something like that. They, they weren't what they were when they got there. I think there's a, a, a divide there. Okay. Yeah. So we're following, you're following, are you saying we should be following more coaching staffs and if kind of like what their tendencies are? Yeah, I just think it's important to note, you know, you can say, oh, well, you know, Jimbo never develops wide receivers. And it's like, well, is he not developing them or is he just not great at evaluating them coming out of high school in the first place? Okay. I think it's probably a little bit of both with him, to be honest. I mean, he brings in, he's another guy that brings in like these big raw wide receivers and doesn't know what to do with them. It's probably a little column A, a little column B. Um, But some of these coaches, uh, I think Lincoln Riley is really good at identifying wide receiver talent and what can make a guy successful for the NFL. I don't know that Chip or that that Brian Kelly is at all. I like this a lot. This is because I'm I'm into the recruiting process. This is my first time grading recruits coming out of high school. Uh, I definitely took the Kansas grading sheet when you first handed it to me a while ago. I don't remember that, but you handed it to me a while ago, and I added my own categories. Took like one or two away myself, but I I've, I actually added like a program category, which I consider more coaching staff than pro. But it's. So it adds a little bit of a bias. I mean, that's that's the, well, I mean, the whole process is subjective. It's not objective. I think you so, might have an old template then because we are accounting for program in depth chart now on our on our templates. I'll have to send you the oh, really? one. Yeah. Okay. All right. It might be yeah. <laughs> it might be an old one then. And I'm also like putting in the account too, like into the like I have like a depth chart category. Like I'm like, all right, well, this is a really crowded depth chart. Like this is gonna be really hard for this freshman to touch the field. Like I didn't bag like I am for Keon Grays in a few leagues, you know, like, I mean, I really hope he beats it. I'm not really, I'm not holding my hopes up for it, but again, it's, it's something to be noted. I want, I want these freshmen to not be year one zero. I want them to beat that, that, that hump. Yeah. We, we've added both of those categories and they're very, very small. Like I think for wide receivers, our total template amount, like if your player scored like max in every category is like 80 points. And depth chart is two and a half and program is two and a half. So they're very, they're very, very small um, weights, but I think it does matter at the end of the day, you know, a guy getting on the field earlier helps. Interesting. I'm just, it's just because we're talking about recruiting right now. I'm talking about like, can I tell you about like four guys that are outside the 24 seven top 20 that I'm like pretty high on just because like, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, I have graded way too high. Cause again, it's my first time went too high on, on Keon Brown, I have him as like wide receiver and Hamilton at like wide receiver seven with the assumption that Hamilton goes to Alabama. Cause, it, and I, I was looking at the program portion of these, he's going to Alabama, right? Or he's not, if he, if he goes to Alabama, they didn't really bring any high level recruits this year or this upcoming year. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't think he, they have, I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but they have, sorry, I, they have Benson coming in. Malik, Malik Benson. Benson, that's right from yeah. Juco, but and, that's and that's really it. it. Yeah, yeah. So 
I like his odds. And then um, I'm really high on Leacock from Tennessee. We talked, I think me and you talked about him briefly a little bit. He's in my, he's in my, I think he's like over 15 for me in the class. Love the size. I love that he's going to Tennessee. Tennessee is definitely a program that's an emerging hotbed for wide receiver talent. And then uh, I think I'm not really as high on loins, but again, he's from someone that's like in the wide receiver 60 category. I liked his moving ability a lot. Yeah, um, I I like Hamilton and Brown a lot too. I haven't watched Leacock at all. Still, um, he's on the list to get done. Um, I am probably not as aggressive ranking some of those guys. I'll probably slightly mess with their scores at the end of the day. Eventually, I still think right. a five star means something. Like I don't like Shelton Sampson at all. Straight up, I've watched a lot of Shelton Sampson. Try to figure out. What am I missing on Shelton Sampson? He's he's five star receiver. He's going to LSU this year. He's like six four. Supposedly runs like one of the fastest times in the class. Does not look like it on the football field. We do not have him timed particularly fast. Um, kind of a tall, lanky guy. But I think there's something to also valuing the pedigree that all the recruiting services have them at the offer sheet that they have. So at the end of the day. Like right now, just on raw score, I technically have Jaron Hamilton 0.0029 ahead of Shelton Sampson. I can guarantee you by the time that signing day comes along, I'll have bumped Sampson above him to account for pedigree. Like I think for some of these guys, it just matters. I, I, like, I, I just don't want to fade them too far. And realistically, if you have Shelton Sampson as your wide receiver 15 like I do right now, Chances are he's not going to be there. Like you're effectively fading him anyway by putting him at that spot, even if you're not, you know, killing him. Um, so I, it's it's interesting. I just I, I I think there is a there is a a time to be aggressive with some of those really lower rated guys, but I think there's also a time to lean into the value of uh, the recruiting services as well. Yeah, there is a higher hit rate among like top 20. Is that correct? So, I mean, I feel like you're right. We can't fade someone's pedigree or saying that. Okay. I mean, you can't you can't discount top 20. So, I'm definitely with you on that. I'm trying to see where I have him at personally. I'm Car- Carnell Tate's another guy that I'm very much struggling with in this class because I think he looks like crap every time I watch him. But he's a five-star headed to Ohio State. Like, tough to deal with that dichotomy. Yes. So, I'm trying to see where I have Samson at. He is... Around like the nineteen twenty, so yeah, he's late for me. He's behind Nathan Leacock. He's yeah, okay. So he's wide receiver eighteen for me. And then I think I have Carnell Tate. I have Carnell Tate low as well. He's at twenty five. I have so, those two at fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, and I have okay. Carnell Tate's grade is is not available. Like I have him as an NA. I don't know what to do with him. I have, I don't know what he does like well. I haven't watched him this year yet. So you watch like like current tape because I only watch this junior tape. Yeah, I have. Um, IMG is kind of hard to get some stuff on. So when I can find it, I'll generally try to pop it on. Um, and he just like he's he flashes. He'll return a kick or do something like that. And then he's just kind of invisible. I, I don't know what to do with some of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's go into um, my last question here for the night here. Let's go into like the 2023 wide receiver class. It's been highly debated. I'm, I'm a little tired of talking about it, probably like everybody else is too. 
But I want to hear your top five for the wide receiver class, assuming that it's it's Butte, JSN, Quinshawn, Addison, and Downs. I just want to hear what your your top five is because I I'm feeling like maybe I'm a little take locked because I, I definitely from Butte and I'm probably not going to move JSN either. I don't know. I just want to know if I am just you know got tunnel vision on right now. Yeah. So my top five as of today. I still have Boutte number one. I think it's a really, it's a tightrope to properly evaluate a player that basically was an amazing freshman and then has had troubles since then. You can end up with Rondell Moore or you can end up with George Pickens. Um, so I, it's a really, really tough line to kind of, you know, tightrope to walk. But I still have Boutte one. I still think he's, I think he's almost recovered from the, Achilles or ankle or foot or whatever calf, whatever it was, he's looked solid the past few weeks, um, and I think he'll. Um, uh, interview process will be big for him. I still have JSN number two because I, I hear people say, like, Marvin Harrison has way more upside than Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I think that is very true, especially if you're an NFL team. And this is a scheme agnostic uh, prediction, projection, and you want a guy that, you know, draws more coverage, can play on the boundary, all these sort of things. But the thing about a guy like JSN, especially for fantasy purposes, is what he does is he's probably going to be a target monster slot guy. I think the team that takes him is going to take him with the idea of having him as a target hog slot guy. So I don't know that him not being a 4-3 guy that's 6-3 really matters because I think wherever he goes, they'll use him probably correctly. So I still have him at two. Like at Keenan Allen, I think the projection is like very, very clean. I think that's the kind of career he has. Very, very good player. Then I have Addison third. I think Addison could be a really, really good NFL player. I have Josh Downs fourth, and then I have Quentin Johnson fifth. Johnson, I just wish he was more consistent on a play-to-play, game-to-game basis because he is not consistent at all. Would you call his last three games consistent, or are you talking about? It's been better the past three games, but even then still, like he does not always cleanly beat press at the line of scrimmage. He does not always consistently separate at the top of routes. He does not consistently win at the catch point. Like It's just like if he could clean up even half of those plays, he might be wide receiver one in the class. Did you say I'm that? Not, did you? Sorry. Would you say that he relies on just out athleting players at times? Like he gets lazy as a technician and just wants to out athlete players. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he he just relies on it. Um, and for, I mean, for good reason. I mean, he's a big freak. Um, like if I was six four, two hundred, and could run like that, would I be lazy too? Yes, probably. I already am lazy, and I'm neither of those things. So. I'm with you. I moved back up Quinshawn Jenkins or Quinshawn Jenkins, <laughs> Quentin Johnston into uh, my wide receiver three category just for the ceiling. I really have, but it, it's we're down to the wire here with these five guys that I would be excited to have any of them on my roster. I see. Who's, who's your favorite outside of that top like consensus five? I mean Tillman, and again, I'm really just going off the alpha profile size here. I I really am. I mean. I remember preseason, it was Tillman and Isaiah Nayor as my as my uh, six and seven. And I haven't moved Tillman off, but obviously Nayor's. But 
uh, I joked the other day about about Colby Johnson. I was like, or Colby Young, Colby Young having the Isaiah Nayor season that we all wanted. The next level, I really did. So I was kind of like, that's what I was hoping we were getting in this class. But it's it's Tillman for me again because I think he's gonna. I think he should be smashing, and hopefully Hyatt isn't the new hotness here at Tennessee. So hopefully he gets that production, has that size, and he's going to be, again, one of those – that's what he's going to play. Real yeah, I, Tillman's my next guy too. Um, and then to round out, I have I have Rakeem Jarrett, the two Washington wide receivers, and I think Parker Washington are my next uh, guys up. And then Cowing. Those are my next five. Interesting. So, yeah. Cowing. That's interesting. I rounding out there at nine, and I can't remember who I have at ten right now. But I want to say it might actually be Puka Nakua here at ten. Uh, but now I'm really down on the class now as a whole outside the top five. I'm not really feeling good about. I'm not feeling good about this class. I'm really just not. Like I just, it's like a new flavor week for myself, and I don't want to be like hot takey or reactionary. Uh, obviously I have so much clarity once the NFL draft rolls in, but it's, it's kind of like, man, I feel good about the top guys. And then I feel like a strong, maybe about Hyatt and Romo Dunze. And then it's like, I don't know anybody else. Do you want to hear a hot take to get us out of here? All right, let's hear it. I would rather have Ronnie Bell than Puka Nasua. <sighs> All right, guys, that wraps up our show for today. <laughs> make sure you check out the other campus again podcast feeds on monday you got chasing the natty tuesday you got campus live wednesday you got your favorite show back to debbie bet on c to c and then thursday you have the debbie debate and the official friday you got can bound saturday make sure you check out austin on the better better sports app from eight to ten austin you're there every weekend by the way or just this past weekend i am almost always on better sports uh this weekend i will not be oh all right, and then the tailgate will be 10 to 12, talking about the games before they happen. And then you got college fans tonight at 10.45, 11.30, whenever that late-night games ends. And just make sure you're tuning to the YouTube channel. There's constantly getting media updates out there, talking about recruits that we did a little bit today. Just check out the YouTube channel. We got nonstop content coming out. Apologies to Dane Brugler. We ran out of time. And Austin, today, it is always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Very, very happy to chat with you, Mike. All right, everybody, good night and good luck.